Hello! Welcome to Podspell, a podcast about the arts and America. And it's just me. So, let's jump right in. I like to keep up with politics. Not just because I feel it is my duty as a citizen, although I think it is, but also because if I don't, I'd be giving my life up to those that do pay attention. And those that vote. Now, I've become pretty sensitive to the great soundproof wall that sits right down the middle of the political aisle in Congress. Politicians have given up on partnering. It seems that a tunnel-like focus on individual wants has literally trumped any possible conversation. The ability to listen has diminished to the point that any possible opportunity to find common ground, which there is quite a bit of when you really break down what everyone is saying, but we can now not find common ground, and we have let pure blind conflict take over governing. It's honestly just one bad play where everyone is yelling, nobody is listening, and nothing in terms of plot or action is moving forward. Now in my life, in my work, I try very hard to avoid these situations. If I directed a play that was full of people hell-bent on getting what they wanted without regard for anyone else, and all they used was loud, irrational, false, fear-baiting statements to achieve their objectives, audiences would leave, and I'd have a very short career. Hmm. There's an idea there. So before I go into how important voting is, I want to talk about my idea for a congressional acting class. We would start with the basics, and by the end of the semester, I'd have Elizabeth Warren and Jeff Flake doing scenes from Three Sister, or something full of empathy and beautiful listening. Listening and partnering would be a very big part of this class. Now, I'd start with a name game. This is not to give anyone an easy first day, or because I enjoy cliche theater tropes, but because... I'm not totally confident they know each other's names. I'd pair that with eye contact and a ball. In order to pass the ball, you must say the person's name, make eye contact, and then get a verbal consenting yes. Now, just in that first game, that first moment of working together, we have made it personal with names, we've made a connection, And we've learned the basics of consent, which, based on this recent Supreme Court vote, I don't think many of these senators understand the idea of consent. That's not shade, that's just an observation. With this simple activity, the American Congress will have reintroduced a taste of humanity to each other. We will build this into intimacy and connection work. Now we will pair up and invest in active listening, making consensual contact, sitting on the floor, being very close to one another, looking into each other's eyes, taking one another in, 
we would then begin the journey to connection, comfort, and kindness. Now, taking turns giving and then taking turns receiving non-verbal comfort, kindness, and connection. My mentor created this exercise called the comfort play. It is a staple of my own work and my own creative philosophy. So Kelly Quinnette gave me these tools. Now I'm ready to give these to our politicians. Once we introduce the comfort play, it will be a weekly part of our own class. Next, I'll lead them through atmosphere work, playing with temperature, textures, emotional qualities, letting our leaders use their own imaginations and human empathy to explore and to express and to imagine. Then we will reflect. This will probably be a lot for these people. But we will reflect, and I imagine that someone like Mitch McConnell will cry, and he'll share his shame wounds with us. And then Nancy Pelosi will embrace him, while Paul Ryan gets him some tissues and some water. Others will hold space and breathe with him and remind him we are all right here. Now, I know that's just a fantasy, but man, that would be amazing. Even without my incredible fantasy of Mitch McConnell having a human moment, a communion is taking place in this story with politicians giving and receiving comfort, practicing listening and mindfulness. In this class, an ensemble is taking care of one another. We are learning how to express, we're learning how to communicate, clarify, connect, listen, observe, and create as a group in our new found form of discourse with kindness. Next will be our first session with monologues. Maisie Hirono will do an Annie Baker piece, Kamala Harris will do Katori Hall. We will have a dialogue with Lindsey Graham about how to choose a piece and why August Wilson is not the material for him. But we will talk and listen and learn, not yell and accuse or shame him. We will support him and introduce him to some new information about race and appropriation. He will thank us and then share his Tennessee Williams piece, his alternative that he had already prepared. It will be dazzling. Bernie Sanders will do David Henry Huang, and Maxine Waters will bring us to tears with her Lynn Nottage piece. We will give group feedback using when you, I felt structured criticism. It's sensitive work, so try to make sure our feedback can be critical without being personal, because... Clearly, we go straight to the personal with this group, so we want to keep the feedback neutral. We're building a space that is supportive, but full of discourse, and is emotionally vulnerable without being selfish or shameful. We are expressing, and we are listening. We speak with mindfulness, and we risk without the fear of failing. We risk and stay present with the work no matter the results. We thank our colleagues for their feedback, and even if we have different tastes and aesthetics, 
we approach all the work with curiosity and openness and appreciation for the effort. Now we can be creating group etudes, focusing on structure and clarity, an atmosphere that is altered by a single event and a recognition of the new atmosphere. A short nonverbal scene is what we are after. We are now learning how to tell a clear story and how to collaborate with one another. We are starting simple. We are encouraging risk. And some scenes work and some scenes don't. Both are valuable. All are opportunities to learn and to grow from. We continue with connection work throughout and we explore the texts of Stanislavski, the Jean Benedetti editions, Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, the work of Dr. Brene Brown and Yoshio Ida. We continue to practice mindfulness and vulnerability with patience and with ease. So we go through all of this. Now we're towards the end of our semester. We are going to experiment with scene work. We are going to put our work into partnering, listening, staying close to ourselves, and finding comfort in the discomfort of tension and authentic emotional crafting. But always connection, connection, connection. And could you imagine the scenes? Really thinking about someone like Brian Sims doing a love scene with Ted Cruz. Oh, the tension and the beauty and the listening and the connection and what the two would learn about each other through exploring a text. Ugh, what an amazing fantasy, right? <laughs> but now as they prepare to head back to Capitol Hill, each political figure now has new tools to aid them in their leadership. What they learned in acting class, they will find is universal to their work in politics and in their lives. Now, they will still have moments of old habits, they might sometimes get angry or to think before they respond to a tough critique, and they might not always be able to sustain a connection without diffusing it, but they will be able to identify these moments, learn from it, and get back in the arena ready to risk again, thinking outwardly thinking about making connections, about listening, listening to each other. Give me leaders that can do that. Now, I know this class idea is kind of weird and kind of funny, but it's essential. The things that you learn in these kinds of classes. But give me leaders that can do this. Give me a generation of people who have practiced connection work and partnering. Give me education that requires dance, theater, music, fine art, meditation in K through 12 and as general education requirements for all degrees, especially political science. I want leaders who can empathize and can be compassionate. I want leaders who can listen and who understand the basics of acting which is essentially the basics of life. Good partnering isn't just dynamic playmaking, it's dynamic life crafting. Learning how to stay present with another person, even when things get tense or get difficult, 
is essential to living your best life. Give me emotionally intelligent leaders and neighbors and lovers and friends. People who can really stand in the fire with you and who can love you despite differences. Right? Ugh. Give me an America interested in outward connection. Give me an America interested. Just give me an America that's interested and curious about the outside world. No more fear baiting. No more scarcity complexes. Give me connection. Once we have a people who can do that, who can connect and can love and can put pieces together logically while still holding on to their humanity and the emotional qualities that come with life, I'm just so done with all the inward self-preservation, independent-speak, and scarcity rhetoric. I'm over it. It hurts me to hear the way politicians speak to one another. Give me an America that can embrace failure. Still hold people accountable. I mean, how many times can we really bail out big banks? But if we could fail acknowledge the failure and learn from it and grow rather than continuing to recycle old failed legislation all for the sake of ego. Maybe if we can embrace failure and then keep trying and risking and trying new things that are thought out and mindful and embrace the potential outcomes for other people, we wouldn't have so much conflict. An America that listens, that acknowledges, that partners, connects, cares for people. Give me an America that can be vulnerable. And I'll have an America that I can actually be proud of. I'll have an America I can relate to. And I'll have an America that looks and sounds and feels representative of a humanity that actually exists. Give me an America that is not defined by one voice or personality, or entity that lives in a house built by slaves. Give us an America that is an ensemble, all working towards the same goals of connection, of kindness, of truth, and wanting the very best for one another based on what one another actually wants. Give us an America dedicated to beauty, that's what I'm after. And I do think that if we can vote for people that support the arts, if we can vote for people that support mindfulness, if we can elect more than just people with political science degrees or who went to Harvard or went to Yale. I mean, come on, Brett Kavanaugh clearly went to Yale. He shouted it enough times. Maybe it's time to look at other schools and time to look at other degrees for leadership. I mean, I just graduated from the University of Idaho this last spring, and I can't tell you how inspiring Paula Jordan is. She's incredible. I'm looking for leaders like her. I'm looking for leaders like her to show up all around the country and that we support them and take them all the way. I'm here for it. And I hope you are too. And if you haven't, Take an acting class. It doesn't need to be at college. Find a studio somewhere. Find a conservatory somewhere. Find an after-school program somewhere. 
But take an acting class. Learn about yourself and learn about each other. I promise you, it'll be worth it. So thank you again for listening. I'd like to thank our producers at Wolf and Thunder Productions. We publish twice a month. And remember to like us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Podspell. And if you like what you're hearing, please post, review, comment, and share on any of our social media pages. Day by day, remember to create, and create for the good of creating. Creating.